Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Yui. Over 100,000 claims taken care of every year. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Yui. Welcome once again to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Dombrock. As always, to take you through the round 21 team list. Five games left, Dombrock. We're right on the home stretch now. Yeah, almost uh, there into the head-to-head finals. Uh, some head-to-head finals are already happening in a lot of leagues, but um, for most of us, this is the last round to get into the eight or the top four or you know, improve your rankings. Avoid relegation. Uh, or avoid relegation <laughs> if you've got that going. Um, yes, another huge week. Hopefully you've still got some trades left. Um, ideally, you still have some up your sleeve for the finals in a few weeks. But um, yeah, another few changes this week. Um, some interesting trade options. There are. And high-scoring round last week. Yeah. I, uh, every week I sort of go through and see what the top teams got. Someone cracked 1,200 last week. Monstrous. 1,200. I can honestly say I've never done that. Captain um, Captain Tedesco, was that Captain team? Tedesco, yeah. yeah. And then just no weak links. I think Rogers 41, 42 might have been the, the worst score. Yeah, nice. So a few pods as well. Um, anyway, team list time. The Cowboys and the Broncos, these games are always good, even when the teams aren't going great, which probably neither of them are going too fantastic mm. at the moment. Um, Cowboys, I tipped them against the Tigers. I might not tip them again <laughs> this year after that one. Um, they have not too many changes. I think uh, Tuolungi's out from the wing. Gideon Gellamosby comes in. He hasn't played for a while. Lightning fast, but um, can sort of drift in and out of games. Otherwise, uh, I think we say this every week, Tamalolo is good. The rest of them you don't want in your yep, fantasy team. It's the Tamalolo show once again. Um, yeah, I mean, the good news for these teams is that one of them has to win this week, mm. all three Queensland teams. Lost and lost pretty big last week. Um, yeah, Tamalolo's the one to have. Uh, his last couple of scores have been okay by his standards, which is still very good by most players' standards. Um, in the mid-50s, he's averaging, I think, upwards of 60, so you know, pretty much must have. Um, yeah, that's about it. And even the Broncos, there aren't that many players to have in your team these days. Yes. Probably a little bit more than one, though. Let's go through um, the team. There's a few tweaks around the uh, the forward pack. Um, Alex Glenn's gone to centre with Xavier Coates out. Nothing going the starting side. Fakler benched. Um, fantasy talking points. Anthony Milford had a huge come down um, from yep. some red-hot scoring last week, which you'd probably expect for an attacking fullback when you get done by, uh, by 40 points by an extremely good Melbourne side. That just was not going to be his sort of game, so he'd expect to bounce back from him this week. Um, Payne Haas is the other one. He seems to score pretty reliably um, it's incredible to have a, a guy go from rookie price to the most expensive player in fantasy yeah mind-boggling sp- really in the space of about not even 20 weeks he didn't even come in until around four or five yeah probably best you know fantasy season of anyone ever I'd, I'd say going from from bargain to uh, mm. you know great captaincy option yeah Milford I mean he got 34 last week which is still pretty good for a fullback mm. in a team that got well beaten um, you can expect to see you know 20 points from players in that game so not a terrible score from him he could be back up into the 50s if they win this one uh, and Payne Haas uh, did a quieter game by his standards but still got 55 could easily score 60 and upwards um, yeah it'll be him and Tomalolo racing for points I'd say this Thursday night that's, uh, I mean, that's probably the end of the, the main ones. David Fafita, who'd been scoring pretty well, I think we said last week, relies on attacking stats yeah. and had a bit of a come down. Uh, Katoni Staggs finished up with a good score after uh, smashing over for a try pretty late, um, but he needs tries. I don't think he's had any good scores without tries yeah, this exactly. year, so he's a bit hot and cold as well. 
Um, moving on to Friday, footy starts off with the Warriors up against the Seagulls over there at Mount Smart Stadium. Warriors were really bad there last week. Um, Raiders really gave them a, a pantsing. Manly were extremely good, especially in that second half against Newcastle. Um, Warriors, fantasy-wise, Jazz Tavonga going to hooker didn't really seem to hurt his scoring, although it did sort of redistribute the uh, the way he racked up the scores, mm-hmm. pretty much all tackles, I think, yep. in that one. Um, Roger Tuavasa-Shek, who can score pretty heavily even in a, a loss just through getting so many metres, um, was a little bit down, I guess, but 42, again, not a disaster when your team uh, gets beaten by that much. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, mid-40s or low-40s is, is OK for a fullback in a in a loss. Um, yeah, Tavanga uh, started hooker. There was a little bit of a risk he'd go off at some point after playing big minutes recently, but... Um, it was a Carl Lawton got injured on the bench, so mm. Tawanga played the whole 80, um, made 68 tackles, which is monstrous. Uh, hooker again this week, so expect something similar. Maybe not that many tackles, but mm. should score 50 and up. Um, and yeah, him and RTS are pretty much it, I think, as far as fantasy forces go in that Warriors team these days. I'm prepared to say that's it. Yeah. Um, Manly have uh, probably Daly Chair Evans obviously in, in red hot form last few weeks has just been super impressive for him um, both Travojevic brothers a little bit disappointing mm-hmm. uh, Jake got an early mark yep. as you probably expect when they were, they were up comfortably he's had a, a massive season in terms of his workload um, Tapao was a above average score thanks to a try but still not anything too spectacular Tom Travojevic He's in my team, and I just it feels like it's just error after error after. He's still getting good scores. Still got but 50, yeah. Five handling errors a week, or thereabouts, is uh, frustrating. Yeah, he had a weird game with just kept um, spilling the ball, but made more than 10 tackle breaks. So mm. that certainly makes up for it. Um, yeah, both I can see both him and RTS scoring well in this game. If Manly get up, then he could score a lot. Um, Was it the Warriors game in round three when he came back from that hamstring injury and went really well? Did he score well in his comeback game? Or the, the week after? Round three seems so long ago. <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's been good all year, I guess, um, Trebovich. So, yeah, capable of the big one. Um, Manasi Fanu, we've been mm. warning about in the last few weeks. His scoring has been great. But um, Happy Corusau was looming, and he came into the team last week. Uh, Fanu still played fairly good minutes off the bench uh, most of the game. Um but his scoring went down towards 40-ish, so... Yeah, not a disaster, but as you'd expect... But you don't um, want him to be in your 17 necessarily as a bench hooker, so... Yeah. Uh, just checked, and it was the Round 3 game against the Warriors, uh, Tommy Turbo's first game of the year, 85 points yeah, in 80 minutes with two would take that this week as well. <laughs> would take that as well. Um, that's about it for Manly Fantasy options, I think. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Panthers and the Sharks, this is, uh, I don't know if you call it a must-win game, but it's a very crucial game just in terms of the um, the latter situation. They're both on 20 points. Um, whoever wins this goes a, a huge step towards uh, playing finals footy. Um, Panthers would be very disappointed with how they went last week. Um, Nathan Cleary, a couple of down weeks in a row um, stats-wise. James Fisher-Harris has sort of gone from surprise packet to super consistent. Yeah forward playing the better part of 80 minutes in the front row which is pretty incredible um that's about it brent naden and brian toto have sort of slipped a little bit lately after a bright patch 
Yeah, Toho still did all right last week, but um, yeah, those two uh, obviously doing better when they're winning games and they got beat last week. Um, kick hours back this week, which helps their chances in general, mm. uh, which I guess has a fly-on effect. Probably helps all their outside backs if they can get a win. Uh, James Maloney is facing a suspension for tripping on Tuesday night. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so that I imagine will have a pretty big impact on what Cleary does this weekend. If Maloney's mm. out and Cleary's playing alongside a, a makeshift half or a rookie half then he should take on a lot of kick meters and general playmaking so clearly could score big if Maloney's not there but we'll wait and see how uh, Maloney goes at the judiciary uh yeah I think it's pretty much it Cleary and Fisher Harris are the the ones to watch yeah uh if Maloney is out I can't really see too many likely options it'd either be Sione Katoa who's a hooker slash lock coming in off the bench as just a big bodied 5'8 otherwise there's a uh, a rookie down the reserves named Matt Burton who's their um, one of their reserve grade playmakers who could potentially debut but either way you'd say clear he's taking all the kick meters and yeah. all the dominant playmaking um they've got the Sharks who <coughs> excuse me were uh, really good they're just a completely different team with Wade Graham yeah, on the amazing. side they um he's probably the most influential certainly non-spine player I'd say in the uh, the NRL he was just absolutely fantastic uh, they've lost Matt Moreland who's uh, had some lingering concussion effects uh, Dugan goes to fullback Morris slots into centre and uh, is it Saifeki who didn't play last week yep. comes in on the yep, wing that's right um Britton Nakora got a late try, which saved his score last week. Um, Sean Johnson's been scoring pretty heavily the last month or so, which is handy. Um, Fafita's still on the bench, which is kind of annoying for those of us both holding him, which I think is you and me. Yeah, correct. I still have the faith that he'll come back to um, playing big minutes and getting big scores, but his last couple of games have been pretty worrying. Um, Mid-40s. Yeah, 44. 44 in, not in, better than a point per minute, but... Yeah, but not a lot of minutes. So mm. um, he could get some more game time. Uh, I'm not sure. It's nothing to be too worried about at this point. But you want him to do get, getting back to those 50s and 60s sooner rather than later. Um, the other thing, I don't know what Bronson Sherry scored last week, but um, 60, I think. Yeah. Good. Okay, there you go. So he he pretty much moves up from you know cash cow type to borderline keeper when Wade Graham's playing next to him. So yeah, really good if you've got Sherry in your team. Graham setting up. You know, line breaks for him. He was playing a lot of right centre, especially uh, when he first came in, and mm. um, even some games when Wade Graham was there. But I don't understand why you would ever split those two up. Just seeing yeah. the way they, they great combine. combination, just um, speeds their outside. You know, really good playmaking second row. Yeah, seems like a, a no-brainer. So if you're still running with uh, Bronson Sherry, he's probably one to potentially hold and even think about starting through the rest of the season, so long as he's on the left with uh, with Wade next to him. Um, Dragons and the Titans. 3 p.m. Uh, down there at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Someone has to win this game, I would think. <laughs> um, it's been a, a lean old spell for both clubs. Dragons were um, had plenty of chances against the Eels and just really looked lackluster in uh, in attack. Um, team changes, not too many. Laurie's out. James Graham plays basically the same role, but at prop instead of lock. Uh, yep. Patrick Afusi into the starting side. Um, Jackson Ford, who's a bit of a uh, potential fantasy gun of the future, makes his debut off the bench. He's been scoring some tries in the back row in uh, in reserve grade, but um, certainly too late in the season for cash. He's hoping he doesn't have a monster game and ruin his price tag for next year. That's exactly right. Um, In terms of fantasy, there's Cameron McInnes and... 
It's just Cameron McInnes, I think. So he had a great score last week, um, high 80s, uh, made a lot of tackles, which is usual Mm. for him, 55, but his tackle breaks have been really good recently. Um, Eight last week, he's made a few in the weeks before that as well. So he's he's right up there in in terms of captaincy options. Um, I don't know if he counts as a point of difference player. Maybe he does, but certainly he's a point of difference captain, I think, these days. Take out his low scores. He got an injury early on, and his average is in the probably mid sixties. I mm. think pushing up there with the best of them. Yeah, um, Payne Haas and, and the like. So, yeah, really good uh, option if you can get him into your team alongside, you know, probably Smith and Cook. Um, and yeah, far and away the best fantasy option of the Dragons at the moment. Yep, yeah. uh, they've got the Titans, who were just absolutely lapped by the Roosters last week. Um, Jesse Arthurs comes back for Anthony Don. If anyone, he was a bit of a dual position, you know, fringe cover, cash cow, um, a bit earlier in the season, if anyone's still got him. Um, Nathan Peets, now that um, Mitch Rain is still in the uh, the reserves, he actually scored he got a couple of 60s um, when Rain first got dropped after Brennan was sacked, uh, down to 42 against the Roosters. He actually made, I think it was 60 he tackles. Made 60 tackles, yeah. Uh, it's just all the, the missed tackles that uh, that hurt his overall score. Um Jay Whitbread is a bit of a, a late-season mm. cash cow once Jairo was injured. Arrow is back um, and, I mean, potentially an option for the run home if you somehow still got trades and need more yeah. um, second rowers. But uh, Jay Whitbread, after coming off 55, is uh, starting at props. So not quite an urgent sell just yet for him. I think that probably covers the fantasy options at the Titans. Yeah, I think so. So Pete's 42 isn't that bad um he's not going to get that many missed tackles you'd expect against teams that aren't i mean the roosters piled on so many points and tries mm. in that game um even guys had to defend a lot also made a few errors in uh, in defense so i think pete's will be up there around you know 45 to 55 most games um he's already shown he can score a couple of 60s um and yeah, Arrow looms is a kind of interesting. If you're really into point point of difference kind of buys, I'd say not many people have him anymore. You yeah, know, who's still in contention? So if he comes back and gets a big score this week, could be an interesting option in the run home that not many top teams will have. Yeah, I mean the only thing there is if you're looking at buying him and you are in you know in good shape, then you probably already have yeah, Tamalolo, Jake Travoyevich, Cam That's Murray. True. Just Tavanga, these sort of guys, um, and and no real logical sells or ways to get him into the seventeen. Um, interesting game, the second Saturday game, Eels up against the Knights. Um, Eels can really just about shore up a, um, a home semi with a, a win here. Knights desperately need a win to um, have a, a chance of a late run into the finals. Um, Eels got the job done against the Dragons last week. I guess the good news for them is that they won away from Bankwest. The mm. other good news is they're back at Bankwest. Um, Mitch Moses, a little bit quieter than his previous scores. His first score under 65 in about six weeks, but still uh, got over 50, which is pretty handy. Um, Reed Marnie, strangely um, started getting spelled in the middle of games around the time they dropped their utility, which, I don't know, it's a weird one, but he's uh, down to a 60-minute player now for some reason. Um, Elsewise... Nathan Brown's had a couple of good scores. He did get a rest, but I think it was um, he, he tweaked his ankle and also um, they had a, a free interchange due to a reportable offence, um, which might have and been he's, like... he's still got 52, which is yeah very solid. Manuel Mo has been scoring really well as well in that back row. Um, yeah, I mean, Moses is the standout, as we've been saying. Uh, his price is probably on the way back down now after that 50. It really... Uh, shot up with those monster scores, um, but in saying that, uh, he can score. You could see him score quite 
scoring quite well against the Knights mm. this week, and they've got a pretty um, cruisy draw on the way home well, as well. Yeah, they've got Titans and Bulldogs and uh, Broncos, and then I think Manly in the last round, but there's yeah. a few games there that they could really pile on some points, which probably suits. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, pretty good uh, trade target this week or next week if you want him for a little cheaper, perhaps. Um, the Knights, like I said, desperately need a win. Um, Mitch Pearce was a big problem for anyone still holding him last week. Um, I've jumped off, but it cost me plenty of cash before I managed to. Callum Ponga had a weird game. He scored mm. one of those just freakish solo tries only he could score and probably almost 30 points in that play and still only finished with 33. So it was pretty quiet else. in the other 79 minutes. Yeah, um, for for a, the obvious standout star in that team, the Knights sometimes have trouble getting him the ball when they're mm. on the attack in uh, the opponent's half. But um, on the times they did, he almost set up a try. He scored that great try. Uh, and still only scored mid-30s. Um, ideally, they try to make better use of him this week. But, yeah, as we've said, uh, fullbacks in teams that get beaten don't necessarily get that many chances to score points. So wouldn't be too surprised if he uh, improves here, even if they do get beaten again he can you know produce those amazing plays on any given week um otherwise Clemmer got another 50 Connor Watson scored mm. really well again uh, and he's got that starting hooker spot again they've got Danny Levi in the reserves this week but assuming they don't make changes and it's, it was a little surprising that they haven't changed their team at all after that mm. loss um yeah if Watson stays in the number nine then he should keep scoring pretty well just don't be alarmed if they bench him or something or move him to the halves in the run home yep uh, third Saturday game, the Bulldogs up against West Tigers. Dogs with a um, bit of a morale-boosting win against the Panthers last week. Um, still, I mean, it's not really any guys here you want in your fantasy team, is there? No, nah, so, you know, the guys we've mentioned, Tolman got 53, Will Hopperwhite 58. They're both good scores, but you can't really rely on them doing it every week. Um, and that's all I've got I think on the Bulldogs yeah let's just move on let's move on <laughs> West Tigers um, were actually pretty impressive against the Cowboys at uh, Leichhardt in uh, Robbie 300 um, and speaking of Robbie um, try scoring maestro try, try scoring machine Jacob <laughs> Little uh, who was taking increasingly more minutes off Robbie uh, the last couple of weeks back to the uh, reserves they've actually extended his contract for a couple of years this week but it seems like he's a bit of a post power option because he's still in the reserves so Farrah, I guess, handy for uh, anyone for the run home? Yeah, it's it's kind of a strange way it's gone, hasn't it? They they gave Robbie the full 80-minute role again for his 300th game and then, um, yeah, Little, who who is the future, I guess. Um, they're not giving any game time at the moment. Maybe they want him playing 80 minutes in reserve grade or something. I'm not sure. But mm. in the meantime, it's really good news for Farrah. A couple of back-to-back uh, 66s. Um, what else happened? Luke Brooks, Isan Masters both got 60. Alex Twiles become a little bit of a worry. Yep. As a bench player, he's still not scoring badly, but he's scoring 40 rather than 50. And, and at this stage of the year, you want you know 50-point players everywhere. So probably one to upgrade if you can afford to. Ryan Madison uh, in a similar bracket, yeah. playing at lock, not really getting any attacking stats. He's still like, a bit like Twile, not scoring badly, but I don't think he's hit 50 for five or six weeks yeah. now. So. He's getting mid-40s at least, so it's not urgent and you know if he does produce something in attack that'll obviously go up past 50 but yeah he's probably a bit better off fantasy wise on the edge and playing 80 minutes where he does get those attacking chances as well as you know good work in defense yep um and then it's a uh, sensational sunday lineup yeah, of, uh, of footy it's all uh, top four action uh starts with the raiders against the roosters down there at gio stadium in canberra 
Um, Raiders, there are a few heavy scorers there in that big win over the Warriors. Um, Josh Hodgson, who I think we've said a few times, tends to run a bit hot and cold in terms of fantasy scoring, if not in his NRL form, which is pretty consistently excellent. But he, uh, monster score, just really tormented the Warriors out of dummy half. Um, a lot of attacking stats for him. Um, and John Bateman, who just everyone yeah. should have and we all love. Yeah, exactly. So Hodgson, 87, he scored well in pretty much all the attacking stats. Uh, got a try as well, I think. Um, yep. Bateman, 74. He can just do that on any given week. Um, amazing player to be able to um, slot into your centres. Um, and again, I think that's just about it. Nick Kotrick's back in the centres. Um, Joey Lelua might be back. He's in the reserves. But yeah, neither mm. of those things have a huge impact on most fantasy teams these days. How's Nickel Klotstad been scoring since I... <laughs> I think another score in the fifty and the forties. Sorry, on the yeah. weekend. He's sort of still getting some good, um, you know, scoring a few tries and some getting some attacking yeah. stats without really getting any monster scores. He's, he's not ones. quite on the level of those big four: Ponga, Turbo, RTS, Tedesco. So mm. don't tear your hair out too much about selling. Yeah, uh, they've got the uh, the Roosters who. As we mentioned earlier, trampled all over the Titans, which led to some big attacking stats. James Tedesco in particular, the player of the round with 92. Latrell Mitchell, um, who can have a very big game when he gets those attacking stats. I think he got 70-odd, nine goals yep. and two tries. Um, Sam Verrill's worth mentioning. It's a couple of 80-minute games in a row at Hooker. Scored a try and got 60-odd, but even it was over 40 again without the yeah. try. Yeah, really interesting um, player at this time of the season. If it was earlier in the year, um, Verrills would be pretty much must-have cash cow kind of situation, yeah. playing an 80-minute hooker, very cheap. Um, even after that big score, he's still 333000 mm-hmm. this week, which is a lot cheaper than most, you know, everyone you'll have in your 17 right now. So, um, yeah, it looks like he's going to have that 80-minute spot until the end of the regular season, unless Jake Friend comes back early for some reason. Um I think he's a good buy, but he's probably going to score, you'd have to guess based on his two previous scores, mid-40s rather yeah, than definitely. Uh, upwards of 50, which is one, you want in the top 17. But, yeah, he's more of a kind of cash-out slash 18th, 18th man, yeah. which um kind of weird to be using a trade to get a player who's not going to be in your 17 necessarily, but he probably frees up a lot of money, and if that helps you and gives you a bit of backup as an 18th man, you know, not a bad pickup. Yeah tend to agree. Um, the second all-top-four clash, the Bunnies host the Storm. Uh, that one's up in Gosford, actually. Um, South uh, might just be a little bit off the boil. Uh, they've named Sam Burgess, who I suspect mm. is not going to be available, but uh, again, the judiciary takes place tonight, so you know before then. Um, fantasy-wise, Cameron Murray was the, uh, the standout, along with Damian Cook. Uh, got in the 70s, I think 56 tackles and a, a try, yep. um, which was laid on by Cook, who I think ended up with scoring about 69. Um, Adam Reynolds a bit quieter than he usually is. Braden Burns, two scores in a row in the 30s after... Um, yeah, some good scores before that. They're probably the main talking points. Yeah, I think so. So Reynolds, we've been saying for a while, usually is really consistent, you know, 50 and up, but um, only got 37 in that game. Um, there was no one thing that resulted in his low score, just kind of everything was down a bit. Yeah. Um, even his defensive workload was down. So, yeah, he could easily bounce back, although very tough opponents this week, the Melbourne Storm, mm. so... Um, yeah, if it's a grind, I guess that might help Reynolds, or if they score a lot of tries somehow, um, maybe just ride out whatever score he gets this week. Um, but yeah, against the Storm, 
Cook and Murray could both score well again. Mm. Cook, as we've said, he scores a lot more through defence and the odd assist and stuff this year than he has in previous years, so he can score well even in a tough game or a, or a loss. Yep. Um, and just on the Storm, uh, not too many fantasy-relevant players. Obviously, uh, Cameron Smith's um, one of the all-time greats, and he was great again. I think he another try, didn't he? His second try of yeah, the year. Yeah, um, just backing up on the inside after a 74. break. Yeah. And uh, Kenny Bromwich, I think we've mentioned a few times this <laughs> year, just defying expectations. Uh, that Two tries. Yeah. Big score, 89. Um, yeah, they're the, they're the obvious standouts. Christian Welsh, shocking news. Um, yeah, it really sucks. Uh, Season-ending knee injury. Um, Pappenheisen keeps scoring a lot of points once in a while. So he's got, um, I was having a look at the numbers, um, I think 514 points of 514. 14 minutes this year, point a minute fullback, mm. which is amazing, just that he's a, a bench player, unfortunately, if you've got him. So for every score like that, um, he then, then hit a few 20s in a row. and um, Yeah, so yeah, at best he's probably like a loophole kind of scorer, but the Storm play late in the round, so that mm. doesn't really help you either. So maybe mm. one to watch in future years if he ever does get a, a starting spot. And uh, Cameron Munster, strangely quiet, just given the uh, the size of the Storms win against yeah, Brisbane, but um, probably not panic stations on him either. Um, and that's all the teams. Shall we do some questions? Let's do some questions. So what have we got here? Uh, Brandon Scott Lee has two trades left, just the 17K in the bank. Um, is Ryan Madison a trade? Um, playing well but not translating to good fantasy scores. Well... You don't want to. I don't think you want to burn two trades now on him, and he's sort of dropped a bit of value. So there's not much else in that ballpark. Mm. I was having a look. Maybe Nathan Brown might be one to yeah. punt on in that similar sort of category. Yeah, that's probably just about it. I, I'd in that situation probably hold the trade for now. Yeah, um, only two. You're going to get a slight upgrade, maybe from 45 points to 50 points average if you go Madison to Brown. So. Don't know if that's necessarily worth it. Um, who knows? There could be one or two huge injuries this week or next week, and you'd be kicking yourself if you've you know used up a trade for that. So, I think if you don't have a lot of cash left, uh, probably hold Madison at this point. Yeah, probably would do the same in that situation. Um, Paul Burns, I need to win my head-to-head this week to play finals. Is Teddy a risky captaincy option? He's had two nineties in the past three weeks. Uh, Yes, is the short answer. Yeah, I, I tend to. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. So they're up against a very good Canberra Raiders team, which is very different from playing the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, um, you'd have to be expecting the Roosters to, if not thump the Raiders, at least give Tedesco a try or two. If he, if you make him captain, he doesn't score a try. He's probably not going to get a huge score. Mm. I mean, who knows? He's, he's the best of the fullbacks, but that still means you know, for every ninety, he might score you a forty. So. Or even a 50 years below what you can expect from, yeah, mm. Smith, Cook, Haas, um, Tomalolo. There's all these guys who most of us are making captains every week and you can get pretty reliable scores from them. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you really have to gamble, if you're the underdog in your head-to-head uh, matchup and you need something out of the box to, to beat who you're up against, then consider it. But, yeah, I would have done it maybe against the Titans, but I probably wouldn't do mm. it against the Raiders. I mean, he's... You know, he, he might score 90, who yeah. knows, like he's good enough, but against uh, Canberra, who defend a lot better than the Titans, I think it's probably not a, a worthwhile risk. Uh, Nick McCarthy, only two trades left, but team's pretty well set. Is it worth using one of those trades to upgrade Pierce? I say yes. Yeah, I, this is a different situation to Madison. Pierce's uh, points have just really dried up. Um, 
you know, he's barely scraping into 30 points a game now. So unless you expect the Knights to kind of snap out of their funk and start winning some games, which is hard to imagine. Uh, and even then, he could still keep scoring 30 or 40. So, yeah, if you can upgrade him to someone, uh, you know, a real keeper who's in good form, then I think do it. Hopefully uh, Nick has some bank to go with that trade because I don't think a, uh, a low bank exactly. Pierce trade is going to get down to around 500 grand now, Pierce. It's a bit of a worry. Um, Ty Breezy, when the Sharks are full strength, is there enough fantasy points to have Fafita, Johnson, Nakora and Sherry, or do their points suffer? Um, I mean, they'll play different spots. I don't think they're yeah. taking points off each other in that situation. People worry about this kind of thing a lot, um, having several players in the same team. I've never really bothered about it there's been years when you know the Rabbitohs or the Raiders just have a lot of good fantasy scorers in that year and um, you know I've had both centers from the same team before and it doesn't matter in this case as you say they actually play different positions so Johnson's in great form um, if they're winning games it's going to be good for him for Fida and Nakora um, can both score well in any kind of game they're both slightly out of form but I expect that will bounce back you know fantasy wise and Sherry as we mentioned with Wade Graham there he's potentially a, a gun scorer as well so yeah I think they can all keep scoring well I'd have personally Sherry ideally outside my 17 maybe like as a loophole kind of scorer when he goes big but mm. other three are keepers yeah I've got no issue with having yeah. those four not only not taking points off each other I think Johnson and Nakora feed into each other's yeah. points you'll get a Johnson try assist for a Nakora exactly. try and that sort of things so actually uh, benefit each other having them both there um, the Brohone has three trades left, and his halves are Sean Johnson and Mitch Moses. Is it worth trading one to DCE? Mm. Sounds a bit sideways to nope. me. <laughs> um, As I, I'm actually sure. probably trading in Mitch Moses this week so, over DCE based on sort of the run yeah. home. Yeah, I mean, Sean Johnson's going great. Moses is the best half in fantasy this year. I'd hold those two. Yeah, if you have a weak link somewhere else that you can upgrade to DC, sure. go for it, but uh, I'd be keeping those two. Yep. Uh, Michael Scaff, Nakora or Mitchell out, question mark, would make way for any big gun. Um, unless you don't have John Bateman for some reason, I would probably sit tight on those two. Yeah. Um, and and if the draw's very up and down. But yeah, so Nakora I prefer over Mitchell this year. I mean, mm. Nakora's in my team already, so I guess I'd say that. But you can at least rely on some fairly consistent, you know, 30 to 50 kind of scores, the odd big score. The trial Mitchell's going to give you a 20-something once in a while and hit 70 when he scores some tries. So uh, Mitchell's riskier, but, yeah, not really an urgent sell. You're probably happy to sit on those two. Yep. Uh, Rodney has two trades left. Is it worth trading in Verrills as an 18th man? Rest of the squad is averaging 50s. Um, uh, only if it's going to fund a, a big upgrade. Exactly, yeah. If you get Verrills... Um, Part of the attraction, surely, is how cheap he is and that he frees up a lot of money if you sell someone. So, you know, if you're looking to um, sell two players who are kind of misfiring, downgrade one to Verrills, you'll free up a couple hundred grand, upgrade the other one to a gun, you're looking good. If you've got two trays left, it's getting very tight. You ideally want to have a pretty set team at that point. Um, yeah, if it's just one trade, unless you plan on spending the money on something else, I don't know if it's quite worth it. Mm. The other thing I'd say is a lot of these questions are starting off with something like I've got two trades left. 
we've had quite a few fantasy relevant injuries this year, but we've had almost nothing I can think of yeah. in the last three or four weeks. And I feel like every year at this time, we're just like getting absolutely battered by fantasy relevant injuries. Like every week, there's another major crisis, and there's just been nothing for three yeah. or four weeks in a row. And I'm really it's worried. Little, that we're it's a little get too it. quiet. <laughs> it's a little too <laughs> quiet. So if we've only got one or two left. I'd, I'd really be concerned that there's some uh, some bad news coming yeah. in the next. It's week easy to get comfortable after a few weeks where yeah, your whole team stays fit. Yeah, and think it's not going to happen. Yeah, just think back to the start of the season, how many injuries there were. And yeah. Now this is we've got a whole league full of players who've been playing for twenty weeks. You know, a lot of bangs and bruises. So yeah, it could be an injury around the corner. Absolutely. Uh, Aaron writes in with the top four playing against each other this week are McInnes, Haas, and Tamalolo. The best captaincy options. Um. I don't know if that's really a problem. We sort of touched on it before, but Cameron Smith exactly. likes those sort of games. Yeah, hookers generally can score really well in, in you know, tight contests against good teams. Um, you know, Smith makes a lot of tackles, which helps. Um, ideally, he gets some attacking stats as well, but there's no saying he can't do that um, against the, the Bunnies. So I wouldn't write Smith up, off as an option. The guys he mentioned are all good captaincy options as well, though. I'd actually be more worried about McInnes this week because they got it's the Titans. I've already forgotten. Dragons are Titans. <laughs> it is the Titans, yeah. 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 And so, that's, I mean, he's probably not going to get that 60 tackle. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of tackle breaks, he could get, you know, half a dozen. But, yeah, you do kind of bank on him making 50 tackles uh, or more. And if the Dragons run up a decent score against the Titans, he might not get through that. So, yeah, it, for hookers, you probably want them up against a good team, so... Um, yeah, good point. It's more the uh, the attacking players, so the the halves and the fullbacks. So you know Tedesco last week exactly. against the Titans. Yeah. You know potentially Moses against the Knights, or you know Trevojevic, Tommy Trevojevic against the the Warriors that are going to benefit from playing a lower ranked team. Yep. Uh, Jay Walks has two trades left, playing head to head prelim final. Would have to use both of them to get McInnes in. Do I do it this week? or hope to win without him. Sam Beryl's his 18th man. If I get McInnes, well, have you just talked? Talked yourself out of McKinnis with that uh, last <laughs> last answer. Um, I've taught. I don't think I'd captain him this week. I still think he's quite close to must have. I guess if you've already got Cook and Smith, you don't necessarily need a third hooker if you've got good players elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, I guess you, this is maybe a week you could hold off if you're down to two trades and are worried about it. But um, I imagine his price is on the rise after that eighty odd last week. Break even is forty two. Um, yeah, I mean, he's in my team. Ideally, he's in your team, um, mm. or will be. Uh, crunch time. Do you use your last trades to get him in there? I mean, it's, if you're playing head-to-head only and it's the prelim final this week, you yeah. kind of... I mean, it's you're left with no trades for the, the league grand final, but there's no point losing the prelim with two trades left either. So I guess that's the, uh, the gamble we have to take as fantasy coaches. Maybe go for it. In that case, go for it. Uh, Daniel Dowson also has two trays left. A lot of people with two trays <laughs> left this week. Um, do I A, sell Andrew Fafita, B, take his 40 and hope he gets back in the starting side, C, sell Laurie, or D, move to power to front row, Bateman to second row with Sheriel Burns to centre? We go through each of those step by step. Um, it's a confident no for me for selling Fafita. Yeah, don't sell Fafita. Um, take the 40, hope he starts next week. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully he gets 50. Uh, Laurie's out of the team for the Dragons this yeah, week. Yeah, I haven't heard anything official. He did cop a head knock at the end of the game. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if he's been pretty good for. I wouldn't mm. have thought he'd be dropped. They have had a, a bit of a reshuffle. Either way, he's not quite top seventeen keeper at this stage. He's selling him either way, just about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and starting Sherry or Burns, uh, what is that ahead of Andrew Fafita? Is that what he means? Move to powder front row and what leave Fafita out? I wouldn't be doing that either. Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely play Fafita over Sherry or Burns. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just I hope Fafita scores 50 this week. Take it from there. Um, yep. Uh, any late entrants? I have a question from Lachlan Cox, whose Twitter handle is Cam Murray for Prime Minister of Australia. Like it. I am behind that campaign. <laughs> In the hunt for an 18th man, I can afford anyone in the game other than Mitch Moses. Um, have all Yikes. the obvious picks in every position. Um, it's a good position to be in. Leading yeah, towards DC right now, any other obvious pickups? Well, Oof. yeah, without going through your full team and who you don't do and don't have, I think DC is flying. Close to top of the pops. For 18th man. For 18th man. It's pretty good. Jeez, I wish I had your team. Um, another question from someone named Dom, who is not you. And they also have two trades left. It's the go. theme of the week. Maybe it's it is me. Two trades left. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, he's in a must-win head-to-head um, against a team who are favourites. Um, five uniques. Looking at trading Brian To'o and Mitch Kenny to Marty Tapao and a red dot. Um, or Madison and Kenny to Fisher-Harris and Verrills. I, mm, I think I... Mm. Or option C is risk Dylan Brown and Brian Toto to Farrah and Barrels. Yeah, um, I like Fisher-Harris at the moment. I think I that middle one is, is the best option, yeah. yeah. To power, as you say, he got 60 last week, which included a try, and it was a pretty big try. He beat one or two players to the line, so he's probably a 50-point player at best. Um, Madison and Kenny. Madison's still all right, but Fisher-Harris is looking like scoring 60 a game. Mm. Verrills seems pretty safe for about 45, so that's probably the best combination. Yep. Your middle option there, Dom. Um, Cameron Holden, I think, squeaks in with the last uh, question of the week. Uh, he needs to upgrade Manasi Fanu this week. He's got the cash to get either Tavanga, Fisher-Harris, or Mitch Moses, who should I prioritise purely out of who will score the most points? Mm. Good question. I, they're all good options, and it looks like Tavanga's probably safe for the rest of the year with the injuries they've got. Yep. Um, he seems virtually incapable of scoring under 55. Mitch Moses, as we've said, though, a very soft run. And Fisher-Harris, super reliable. With yeah. Probably the lowest ceiling, though, Fisher-Harris of those three. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Tavanga's <coughs> really solid, probably getting, look at this stage, close to 60 points a game, which is great. Uh, Moses might do that. He's capable of getting a, a really big score on any given day. So, I mean, I'd look first at, at what coverage you have for each position. If you've only got two halves, then get Moses. If you've yeah. only got three back rowers, get uh, Tavanga. Otherwise, I don't know, maybe Jazz just ahead of Moses. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Jazz probably looking more reliable, but yeah, Moses could really potentially go on a, a bit of a tear the next yeah. three or four weeks. If you uh, enjoy gambling with your fantasy team, yeah, it's a good um, dilemma to have. It's not a bad problem to have. Yeah. Well, that's all the teams and all the questions. Um, any trades for yourself? I don't know. I've still got Mitchell Pierce, so <laughs> he's going for somebody. Still have to work out who. Yeah, I sold Pierce to Pete's last week, but I'm contemplating upgrading to Mitch Moses this week, which I can just from afford. Pete's. From Pete's, yeah. Mm. Well, I've got no halves cover at the moment. I'm yeah, playing okay. uh, Callum Ponger in the halves, but I prefer him on my bench covering halves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll decide sometime before lockout, hopefully. I think Pete's can still come good, get some 50s. But yeah, 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 I'm not too stressed. You did it half. Yeah. 
we'll just we'll see how we go. Yeah. Anyway, that's all for us. Um, obviously, stay tuned to NRL.com. We've got the weekend uh, fantasy preview video. Myself and Tanisha Stanton on Wednesday afternoon. The uh, Late Mail Crew podcast Thursday afternoon. Lone Scout Q&A Thursday morning and all your late mail and breaking news. Uh, good luck with your fantasy teams and we'll see you this time next week.